0: InfoTrack continues. Once again, here's Chris Whitting.
1: If you're one of the many millions of people who use email, you're no doubt familiar with spam, that annoying junk that clogs up your mailbox. Well, there are some new deceptive email tricks that you need to watch out for. And with more on that, let's welcome Deborah Berlin. She's the director of the Consumer Privacy Awareness Project. Deborah, how are you?
0: I'm fine, thanks.
1: Could you tell us what this new spam scam is all about?
0: It has to do with connecting social networks that we all use with inviting folks to look at photos. The problem is that many of us are on social networks and we always want to invite our friends to be a part of those social networks. But there's one thing you want to watch out for and that's an invitation to perhaps look at a photo of a friend that you may know well or you may not have seen or heard from in a long time. Mm -hmm. The invitation to look at a photo and sign up unknowingly for something that then goes into your online address book and then invites all those friends into a social network that they did not realize they were joining.
1: These social networks such as Twitter and Facebook and MySpace and so on, in this particular case, what you're talking about This social network, when you go to that link and you click it and you sign up, it actually goes back to your computer, goes through your address book, and pulls all those addresses into their system.
0: That's right. That's right. And so that was the problem. The problem with that particular one was that it didn't tell you that was happening. And actually, there are other social networks, such as Facebook, where... You join and it may say, would you like us to go into your email and ask your friends that are on your email address book, would you like to ask them to also join Facebook? Mm -hmm. It's very clear. So then you have the option to say yes or no. The problem with this one is that it never asked you that question. It just said, would you like to see a photo of your friend? And it actually said, this is from your friend. They want you to look at their photos. And then if you wanted to look at their photos, you clicked on yes. And without your realizing it, it went into then unknowingly giving that permission for them to go into your address book. So that's where they sort of crossed the line in terms of privacy. It was like going into your personal information and grabbing your address book of your friends and family.
1: And we should mention the social networking site that was involved in this story, and that's tagged.com. They were cited for this by the New York State Attorney General's Office.
0: Yes, and so, you know, I want to be clear that there's absolutely nothing wrong with making the invitation and making it clear. It's the transparency of the invitation, and that's the issue, is making it clear to consumers what the question is and what the transaction is. So making it an open transaction and giving consumers some controls to know what they're being asked to do and then giving them the option to say yes or no. That's really the issue. You know, social networks are growing. They give consumers an opportunity to find old friends, to socialize, a new form of communication. So everyone is getting on all of these social networks. And in fact, the fastest growing demographic group on Facebook are women over the age of 55. So it's a growing way of communicating with new friends and old friends.
1: We're talking with Deborah Berlin, Director of the Consumer Privacy Awareness Project, and we're talking about protecting your privacy and guarding your email from scams that are out there. Deborah, you mentioned there's some other ones. Could you touch on those for us?
0: Talking about emails that come across that anyone can see when you're online, Consumers need to have a healthy skepticism when they see emails. You need to be very careful because scammers are getting more and more creative. And some consumers may see things that really look like they're coming from an establishment that you do business with or even from a bank that you're using. But you need to be careful because what some scammers are trying to do is extract information from you, personal information from you, and you need to never provide unsolicited information such as your social security number. That's a never pass out that information. Never provide your social security number, personal financial information such as a bank account number. Never give out your password your email and password is another one you never should provide. So consumers should be very wary. I've even gotten those on a regular basis of emails that look like they're coming from my email provider asking me to verify my account or they're going to close it because of some problems they've had. And could I just verify my account information and provide my name and my email and my password and lo and behold they're trying to capture my email and my password so that then they would have some control over my email address and my email information
1: Deborah, obviously these scams must work in some cases because they wouldn't keep doing it if it didn't work if you do click something or put some information in and then you realize, uh-oh, I probably shouldn't have done that, what are your options at that point?
0: Well, let's first talk about what consumers can do to avoid that click. You know, as I say, have a healthy skepticism. Think twice before you click as a first rule. Look very carefully at an email that comes across your desk like that. What you can look for are some grammatical errors in the email, some misspellings. Look very carefully at the email address from the sender What you'll notice right away is that it's not from yahoo.com, but it's from another email address. And even though they say it may be coming from Yahoo or from Google or from some other provider, it's not. And so look for those little tip-offs look, as I said, for grammatical errors and misspellings. They usually run rampant in those sort of emails, so those are great tip-offs. When you have provided that sort of information, I recommend that consumers change passwords. When you initially develop your passwords, you should come up with passwords that are difficult to identify. Number one, that's always a rule, but if that does happen, change your password There are some other things that consumers can do, but initially the best advice is to try and avoid those by being careful and thinking twice before you respond and click on those things.
1: That's good advice, Deborah. In terms of using the Internet as opposed to email, there are sites now, I guess, which if you just go to the site, you can pick up a virus or some type of software into your computer that can get your private information Are there any ideas you have for consumers regarding that situation?
0: Well, consumers should definitely stay up on the latest antivirus software. And I would highly recommend that consumers go online and do some search and get the latest antivirus and malware software for their computers. It's really important that everybody do stay up to date with that so that you can, as best possible, avoid those sorts of viruses entering your computer.
1: Well, that website, if you want to check out the guide that's on there, is consumerprivacyawareness.org. That's ConsumerPrivacyAwareness.org. And Deborah Berlin, Director of the Consumer Privacy Awareness Project, we want to thank you for joining us on InfoTrack.
0: Well, thank you very much.
1: You're listening to InfoTrack,
0: the weekly show with information you should know. A production of Syndication Networks.